0: Production put on
1: In this big city, I want them to mention me. <laughs> Talk your shit, Bree.
0: Okay, you guys, we are here with Brittany Russell and Tamarin Stovall. Would you guys like to introduce
1: yourselves to the people? Uh, sure. <clears throat> I'm Tamron Stovall. I work at uh, Charles Rice Learning Center, teach fourth grade math, and I also um, help uh, to run the Dallas Prestige Group, which is located at Charles Rice Elementary in South Dallas also.
2: I am Brittany Russell. I teach third grade at St. Anthony Academy.
0: Okay, you guys. So today we are gonna speak about education. And like I mentioned before in all the other podcast episodes, the Bremore Productions podcast is for the safe opinion of black people, where we can come together and we could talk about all topics, invent and be ourselves and talk about real issues and also provide solutions. And today I want to talk about education, especially in the black community, Because as an after-school program instructor, I have seen a lot that I don't like. I see a lot that I do like. But I definitely feel like there's a a lot that we need to work on. So I decided to invite T and Brittany to come out and have this conversation with me. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the importance of Black children seeing Black educators. How do you guys feel about that?
2: I mean, of course, that's something that is major because they need to see black people in those roles and they need people who they can identify with as well. You know, I I don't really think that as a young child. That you will receive information really well from a person who can identify with the things you can identify with. And that's another thing with the curriculum too. the curriculum. I mean, it'll have different words in there that a lot of Black children aren't exposed to. It'll have different circumstances that Black children aren't exposed to, and the only way the kids actually retain knowledge is if you like reach them from where they come from. Right. And so it's like you have to be able to give them an example of what this looks like in their life in order for them to kind of comprehend what it is that they're reading or what it, whatever it is that they're learning. And so I think it's really, really important for them to have that figure in front of them. But I mean, I also think it's important for them to have some diversity too. I don't think they only just need black teachers, but I think for certain subjects that they definitely need, like for math and for reading, I think that a black teacher is really important for those roles. Science and social studies. Well, not really social studies, maybe science, (laughs) Mm. maybe science. You could have a more diverse teacher. But social studies is especially important, though, because you want to be able to give them what the curriculum does not give them. And that's the truth. Mm.
1: Well, she said it all. I don't know uh, how much more to say about that, but uh, I agree with everything that she said. Um, I would say that um, it's really important for kids to have um, someone they relate to because they're more comfortable with expressing themselves and, you know, talking about the things that they experience in their everyday life. And those things are very important when it comes to um, the learning environment. So um, it's good to have someone there that you can talk to and you can relate to. I mean, because a teacher is more than just a teacher. You know, a teacher is um, uh, like someone who, who protects you. A teacher is someone you talk to, go go to for when you have problems. And it's good to have someone who you can relate to, that you're comfortable speaking to, to be able to talk those things through and kind of help you throughout the year. And it's, it's more difficult if you don't have that around anywhere. Maybe you don't have it at home. Maybe you don't have it in the school program. Maybe you don't have it anywhere, but at the school. So it's good to have someone that you can you can relate to there.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I found that like when it comes to speaking um to black children, I think you definitely need more patience. And then the the dialect, mm-hmm. like if they elsewhere, like I have been elsewhere and people look at me like, what is that? But if you are like a like a black teacher like oh okay I get it because I'm from the same culture you are from I'm from the same environment. Mm-hmm. So you both of you guys were raised in South Dallas and now both of you guys are teaching in South Dallas. Have you guys like reached out to another community? Have you taught in other communities? I did. Um
2: twice. I taught in Louisville, I taught like pre K, one year in Louisville. And then um I Of course, I taught at J.J. Rhodes for a couple of years, and I taught in Mesquite. And Mesquite was a lot like South Dallas, but it's not, if that makes sense. Like, the neighborhood um, had the same demographic, but it was different. It was a little bit more diverse. Uh, There were were the access to resources. Like, I mean, like, I had iPads in my classroom. Oh, my gosh.
0: We got to talk about that.
2: Like, I mean, that was really the major difference between Mesquite In South Dallas, it was just so much access to everything that you could possibly imagine. And so when I left there and came back to South Dallas, like I started doing fundraising and things like that, because I was like, well, I want my students to be able to have the same stuff that these kids over here have. And so, I mean, really, it wasn't a difference in the culture, so to speak, between Mesquite and South Dallas. But the access to the resources definitely was different. I
0: I have a question about that, because as a recent... um Okay, so I had a summer I had a summer program in South Dallas and I also had a summer program in North Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely see like a total difference. Like we had smart TVs in mm-hmm. North Dallas where I was even um I was lost because I didn't know how to use them. I don't have a TV. I haven't owned a TV in six years. I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. So to see that smart TV and actually like See that you get right on it, right yes. nose. It was like yes. a dry erase board. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why we don't have this in South Dallas? We don't even have this in DeSoto because my after school program was in DeSoto. I was in DeSoto for two years and the lack of resources there was pitiful. Mm-hmm. But then I go to North Dallas, they have iPads. Mm-hmm. They have smart TVs. Mm-hmm. Why is it like that? Is it the district? Or is it something uh, uh, regarding the community?
2: Um, You know, they give you that answer that is the property taxes that funds the school in the neighborhood. But then there's also Title I funds. And those Title I funds are supposed to be distributed to schools like the schools in South Dallas. And they're supposed to be appropriated for those types of things. When I was at Rhodes, I had chalkboards, like with actual chalk. Mm. (laughs) I hadn't seen the chalkboard since i don't know when but like you said like even in mesquite we had the smart tvs like that too and we had something called a promethean board and i've been hooked on those promethean boards ever since to where i bought my own software for mine at st anthony's it's called an interactive whiteboard and you hook it up to your projector and the kids go and draw on it like my my room is a lot different from the others rooms because i like i do donors choose i do whatever like people donate money to me they have we have a class set of tablets we got a little coding robot that we work with for math. We have um, all kind of little science resources. I joined the Parole Museums um, STEM Teacher Institute last year because it gives you direct access to all of their like science hands-on materials. Like you just go and check them out just like you would at a library, but in exchange you have to go to all their trainings. You know, so it's like I give up my time so that my kids could have these hands-on learning opportunities.
0: So. I want to I ask you a question about that because you said that your classroom is different from others. Do you feel like there's teachers in the game that's only there for a paycheck? Ooh, Bree, you about
2: to open up a can of worms. I mean, that's what we're here Yes, for. there are, for sure.
0: <laughs> and there
2: are, like, at St. Anthony, I feel like most of our staff is 100% dedicated to these kids. Like, I really do believe that most people are there because they believe in the mission. So the issue with that is, how do you continue to hire people who are there because they believe in the cause? You know what I mean? Because at a certain point, the cost of living in Dallas is continually rising. right? And our salaries are not rising as fast as they can to meet the cost of living. And so it's like, I understand people leave and they go back over to DISD because DSD pays more money. And so it's kind of like a catch-22 you got people who are here who want to do the work, but they need the salary, too. And then you have some people who are there because they're like, oh, it's, it's salary. You know, like it's salary. You get a, you every single month. Your pay is your pay. No matter how many hours you put in, if you just show up <laughs> and BS and go home, it's still the same salary.
0: So how do y'all like work with people that don't have the same passion as you do?
1: I don't, um, I don't, I, I haven't experienced a lot of that, but I have seen some, you know, where I see a couple of teachers that come in and out, you know, then one and two years and be out of there. But in my school, um, obviously I, I teach at the school that I, I went to, which is a blessing. Um, as a matter of fact, I haven't experienced anything else. My first, fresh out of college, I taught in my high school for one year and I've taught in my elementary school five years. So, so it. The teachers that are there have been there several years. I'm talking about 20, 30 years. So I know that they they are dedicated to their craft. And then, you know, I'll see little glimpses of people that come in one, two years. But my experience is just, I've seen and I've been raised by the teachers that have have been dedicated over several years and generations. You know, teachers that have taught my mom, my dad, uh, aunts, cousins, all of those things. So um I haven't I haven't experienced too much of it but I have seen it and when you do see it it usually is because like from my from my uh perspective um like we teach kids that have a lot of issues you know they have a lot of issues at home uh they they don't have they don't have much conversations with their parents so their um their um vocabulary is low um they don't know too much you got to put in extra work with those kids, and you have to try to relate to them. And I find some teachers, when they when, when it gets too tough, they're like, oh, I can't do this. I got to change my profession. I got to get out of here. You know, I find that that those are the typical things I see when it comes to, like, I'm not dedicated to trying to better the kid. That's what I see.
0: Why do you guys choose to teach in South Dallas? There's so many gyms in South
2: Dallas. You know, like, not only that, but it's kind of like – I feel like teaching is the highest form of activism that you can reach because it's like you're getting to mold these kids.
0: Pretty much the future, if you think about it.
2: You know what, though? Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a pilot. And I was met with the perfect opportunity this summer to start school and to go ahead and take that route, right? Then they came out with When They See Us. When I watched that show, the only thing I could think about was my students. And one of my students in particular, Corey. Because not only was that Corey Wise's name, but my, but my Corey struggled with reading so bad and they wrote that narrative for that little boy and they made him sign that paper. He wasn't even there. And I, w- when I went to summer school, I went back the next day after watching it and I just they all hugged me. And it was like they could feel that I just needed a hug almost. But I was just like, Corey we finna work on this reading because <laughs> I'm not about to let anybody write your future for you. Right. And he was like, what are you talking about? So I started kind of explaining to him and he was like, They that was real. And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, I don't understand why they think that there are only like a few atrocities committed against black people. It's like, they don't think they think, oh, okay, well, you know, that was a long time ago. It doesn't happen anymore. And then like when you start exposing them to like what's going on and what is happening, what, the history has looks like for them in this country. Like I kept telling my students all year long, we have so much to prove. We have people who talk negatively on us. We have people who talk down against y'all and you have so much to prove, to prove them wrong. My, my little boy, Corey passed. that star reading this year. Oh wow. You know? And I was mm-hmm. just like, even like other people in the school who have written him up, I'm like, come on, I need you to act right. Cause I, I can't be the only person who knows you a good kid. Right. <laughs> Right. I can't be the only person, so you got to represent me better. And I mean, like, he has changed so much, you know, just from being loved properly. And so, like, I just really feel like like, I, you feel needed in that position. Because it's kind of like, yeah, you might want to go off and do something else. But, like, for the greater good, it's kind of like you're doing God's work when you right. work in this type of situation.
1: My uh, my perspective uh is, is similar but a little different because being that I'm a man um and raised in south Dallas we didn't we didn't have a lot of professional men to look up to um especially in the school system because we had a lot of extra mamas up there you know it was all women especially at elementary level get up to um middle school level you see a little bit of more men sprinkled in their high school but most of them are coaches right most men are all coaches um so uh I recognized that growing up and um and then also it wasn't a lot of young men. The men that I did see were older, and you know, we kind of didn't didn't register that Like they, they couldn't relate to us because they were too far uh, far and away. Um, they kind of seemed like not cool. We couldn't relate to them. So, um, when I decided that I want to teach, I, I said that hey, I want to teach in my neighborhood because I would be um, I would feel a void that I didn't have when I was there. Um, I didn't have a young man to to look up to as a teacher or someone I could see every day that I can see professional, that I could see dressed professionally, but not make it look weird, <laughs> uh, that I could uh, just kind of relate to and talk to and somebody I could just kind of look up to. You know, I didn't have that. So I said, well, um, I want to go back to my neighborhood and fill that void, you know, high school level, elementary level and try to establish those things for the boys. I mean, I know the, the girls see a lot of that, but but our boys really don't ever see that. So they don't know what it looks like. And you need to be able to talk to it, see it, feel it, touch it, all of that. You need to be able to see what that is so that you can um, kind of have something to model yourself after. You don't have to be like it, but, you know, just kind of have an idea of what Yeah, what, what
0: it is, yeah. You know, that's all. I'm glad you said that because I feel like little black girls are prepared for what's next. Because I compare myself to my brother all the time. Like, my mom was harder on me. That she was him, and I didn't understand that. It used to frustrate me, but now I see, like, you know, business comes natural to me because she used to take me with her to her jobs, and I end up doing this and doing that. And my brother, the only good examples he really had, and I'm just being honest, was street dudes. He didn't really have that that professional figure that you that you're speaking of. That actually like. You know, I was a teacher and Mm actually cared and actually took our time to get to know him unless it was a coach. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: you get, oh, you playing a sport for me. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. definitely different. Like, I want you to play football because you're good. So I'm going to make sure you Mm straight. But even with that, it's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like some of these uh, football players are just passed along because of the sport. They want them to play. So you might have somebody else doing your homework or you might have a teacher that be like, you know what, don't worry about the assignment because I know you had a game or something, which is not yeah. fair. So I'm glad you touched that because that is very, like, prominent in our
1: community. Very much. Yeah. That's that's actually what sparked um, my my nonprofit. You know, me, my cousin, and uh, Michael Smith, uh, who also was a teacher at uh, Charles Rice, we sat in a meeting and we discussed this, what we were talking about, the need for uh, younger black men. I mean, black men in general, but specifically younger black men, professional men, because we're we're not too far away from the kids. I know I'm not. I can still relate to all the things they do, everything they talk about. I know all the things y'all talking about. Know the shows you watch. Know the music you listen to. The
0: technology. I, I know all the
1: technology. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you can't miss me. I, I grew up in the same neighborhood you grew up in. You can't talk about nothing I don't know. So I know all that. We need more of that. And so we discussed that and we wanted to try to fill a void, you know, we wanted to try to test those uh, black boys, you know, because like you said, we need that. So that's what sparked the um, our nonprofit organization about like two years ago. And we wanted to continue to keep doing that.
0: Yeah. So we're going to take a break. We're going to give a shout out to our sponsors and we'll be right back. Okay, you guys, we back. So now I want to talk about the disconnect between parents and educators. And we got to provide solutions, because I just don't want to, like, just complain. I want to actually, like, what are steps we can take towards getting the parents more involved? So, first of all, let's talk about the experiences. Let's talk about what I'm talking about. So, as a after-school program instructor, I'm only there for an hour, probably at an hour and 30 minutes. And uh, I reached out to a few parents about because I like interactive things. Like, I don't, I'm teaching the kids different aspects of fashion. So it gets to the problem like, okay, can we get out of the classroom? Can we actually go to a museum or go to a fashion show? So I had like two parents that gave me a hard time about taking their kids to a fashion show. And I told them it was free. I told them I would provide the food. Mind you, I'm doing all this out of my pocket. And I don't get paid much, you know. But I wanted them to actually experience what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. One parent cussed me out because he didn't even, like, hear me out. He was just like, I called him. His little girl was like, you got to call my dad because I don't think he's going to go for this. And I'm like, it's just a field trip to a fashion show. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So she put me on the phone with him. He was like, I don't know what this is about, but I'm not putting her in after school programs to pay for shit. Just went off. And I'm like, sir, it's free. Calm down. It's free. It's free food. I got her. She'll be fine. Da-da-da-da. we are going to have access to the backstage. She's going to meet real models. You know, the real coordinator. Be at a venue. Get backstage access to that. And he was like, no, she ain't going. I'm like, dang. So I could just imagine, like, the disconnect between teachers mm-hmm. and y'all there for like, what, eight hours? Mm-hmm. And parents, and I'm like, it was so difficult for my parents to get involved. Like, even when I, we recreated cr- the fashion show for the girls to present their garments at the end of the school year, none of the parents showed up. It was just us <laughs> and the models, and we just kept going, you know? Like So, what are your experiences of Parents
1: and your classroom. going to go first mine, <laughs> okay. um, Well, my my biggest pet peeve, like, like I love those parents who are who who care about their kids. You yes. know, who 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 call and check on the kids, who yes. who are. <laughs> who are interactive with the, with the uh, teacher because one of my biggest pet peeves is when I haven't seen a parent the whole the year. The whole year
2: and then at the I, end of the year I, I you want know. to come up here and ask me questions. I don't know how you <laughs> go a whole year without,
1: you know, meeting the teacher trying to figure out what's going on. I don't know. Like, I, like, I love, I love when the parents ask me questions, you know, what are they learning, what is this and that, because it shows that you, you are invested in what your kid is learning, what they're doing. But from my experience, what the, the biggest thing I see is that most parents just look at school as like a daycare. It's like, mm-hmm. man, let me get my kid out of here, out of my heart for a little while. I, I have a lot of parents that don't work. I have a lot of parents that, that, that do work but don't work, and then they just, uh, I don't know, they, just, they drop them off. They don't talk to them about the homework. They don't talk to them about what they learned. Uh, basically, that their relationship with their kid is literally, I'm going to drop them off at the school. I'm gonna pick them up 4 o'clock. Uh, take them home. I'm going to get them that tablet. Um, hey, you did your homework? All right. Here's some food. Go to bed. We start over. <laughs> ain't no interaction. Ain't no nothing. That's it. And that's how the kids act. They act like. I don't got no parent. <laughs> that's pretty much. It's pretty much what it is. And, and it's just really disheartening when you just can talk to the students and you say, hey, do you talk to your parent about this and that? And I know. like, no. Nah. Or, uh, yeah, I'm outside at 10 o'clock, you know, riding my bike. I'm like, for real? You, you, you can do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where your mom at? I don't know. No, you know, she's doing whatever. I'm like, man, you know, it, it's just disheartening when you just think about the parents that are not as invested in what's happening in their own kids' lives, and the teachers are being the most people that they got. You know, like, I care about you the most. I'm talking to you. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And it's just like, I can't be your parent, though. You know? Yeah. It's a totally different level. You know, you can't be their parent, but I oh, don't know. It's just really, it's tough. <laughs>
2: So my experiences have varied. When I was in Louisville, I mean, those parents were above and beyond, you know, like they were like, whatever you need for your classroom, let me know if you need anything, let me know. I mean, they were just like really hands on. They wanted me to like be successful. They wanted the kids to be successful. Like it was just crazy. Then I came over to Rhodes right after that. And then it was like night and day. Yeah. So half of my kids' parents in that class, I'm actually still in communication with. And all those kids are going to fifth grade now, you know, like this was kindergarten. So like half of them were really hands on and really because I mean, Miss Broad is honey. She is the most amazing teacher I have ever seen in my life. And she had, I don't know how she got all the parents to be involved, but she got all the parents to be involved. So all the kids that I had from her classroom, their parents were used to being involved. And they were used to being up at the school and checking on stuff. And they probably still like that to this day with their kids. But I mean, it started in pre-K, like she got them out and she got them involved and she'd do her own things and kind of have them come up to the school for their programs and things like that. And I mean, she really sparked that initiative with that group of parents. But then half of them, half of them I wanted to adopt because it was like madness at home. You know, like I had one little girl. She didn't know who her daddy was. Mama was on drugs somewhere. Grandma was raising her. Well, her grandma was the same age as my grandma. You know, oh, and so, wow. like, she's old and she came to school one day. And I remember she was just like, I don't know what to do, and this and the other. And I was like, I got her. Don't worry. And that baby was like my project for that year. Like, I'd make sure she had shoes and she had clothes for the weekend because, you know, we had uniforms and things like that. But she'd be like, Can I take some food home for my grandma, for my brother? You sure can. You know, like, go ahead, take some snacks home. Take some stuff. I'll save stuff from breakfast for her because we did breakfast in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I'll save stuff from her. Go ahead, take it home for your grandma, baby. And then, like, I can't even get into all the personal stories. But let's just say half of them, it was just kind of like, I don't know what to do with this kid. You know, and I had one little boy's daddy admit to me. And this is what really broke my heart. This man told me in front of his child. Because the little boy was, oh, my God, he was... Always in trouble. And this really made me look at him differently from I Like, this little boy got kicked off the school bus. he get kicked off the cafeteria. he even been kicked out of specials. Like, he can't go back to, uh, you know, art class anymore. But Miss Jenkins was old school, so he could come back to music because she was going to be able to handle <laughs> him. But, like, she was at the point where, like, the principal, principal would be walking down the hallway and come in my classroom and look at him and be like, hey, stop. What are you doing? Like, you're in school. You got to calm down. Because, like, he was just so out of control. And so like his mom would come up to the school just about every day. And then finally his dad came up there. The little boy was like night and day. That little boy stood up there. He straightened up. And that man said to me, he said, I love my son, but I wish I wouldn't have partied as much as I did when I was in college. Because then I wouldn't have him to have to deal with.
0: Oh, my God.
2: You say that in front of a baby? You know, and so, I mean, really, that's been my experience where it's like. It's always been a half and half type of situation where I have the parents have been like stellar. And then the other half have been like, OK, I don't know what to do with this kid. You know, I was just farting. And I had this kid. Here you go. Good luck.
1: Yeah. You, you hear you people actually say, I don't know what to do with my kid. Like people tell me that. And I'm like, what? It's your kid. It's
2: your you know?
0: kid.
1: <laughs> and then I don't know. And then I don't know what you want me to do with your kid if you can't do nothing with it. Like, exactly. You know?
0: mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I think the issue is the lack of uh knowing the importance of therapy mm-hmm. in the black community because a lot of these kids need therapy, mm-hmm. including the parents. Maybe y'all need to go to like a family therapist mm-hmm. and really get rid of that past trauma that was past passed down. Thank you. And then another issue I feel like is a, a lot of parents uh, depend on y'all to teach everything. Everything, it's not just
2: teaching the curriculum. We're teaching manners. We're teaching social skills. We're teaching everything. And at St. Anthony, it's, not, um, it's been a kind of different than it's been at these other schools that I've been at. Because these parents who put their kids intentionally in this school with the reputation that we have, Intentionally already want better for their kids. Right. So normally I only have like two parents every year that are kind of like, OK, what are you doing? You know, like mostly my ke- my class is connected on Class Dojo on the app and the parents respond to me and they connect with me. And like we take a field trip because we're an IB school. And so we are supposed to integrate every single thing we do into the real world. And so for every six weeks, we have a field trip that's supposed to be integrated with what we're learning in the classroom. And I mean, my response is always overwhelming. They're like, oh, OK, you know, don't worry. I can volunteer on this day or I could come. We always have lots of volunteers. But it's only like I say, it's always like at least two good parents that are just kind of like floating in the wind. You know, like they're just kind of drifting on, just making it happen. But we intentionally teach social skills like because of the type of curriculum that we have. So it's like, um learner profiles and attributes that we'll have and we we explicitly teach like empathy and caring and we'll do it for an entire month and we'll journal about it we'll talk about it, we'll do real life examples of it you know we'll read stuff geared toward it we whatever is geared toward it and i will say that this past year my group the hardest group that i've had so far yes
0: well, I'm just speaking from my little 30 minutes in your class. Mm. Very emotional
2: group yes. of little people. We had to start doing um, healing circles with mm. the group kids that I have in order to get them to where they halfway what you need to be. Because they came in off the chain. Like they came in off the chain. They came in like thinking the school is going to be a big party or something like that. I don't know. It was like the structure. The structure just was not respected. Cause I definitely laid the foundation for it. And so it's kind of like we have to hit the reset button with my group like once a week at least. We gotta kinda come back. Okay, let's have a circle. Everybody sits down in a circle, we're gonna talk about respect. And so then we all go around and we talk about respect and things like that. Okay, whenever well, a moment that you were respectful, whenever well, a moment that you were disrespected, how did you feel and how did you react? You know, and so then with kids like take it there. I know I'm off topic. I'm so off topic.
0: No, you good.
2: <laughs> but when they take it there to where they have to put themselves in the shoes, like one of the hardest things for my group this past year, I make them give compliments to people they did
0: not like. I do that all the time it's with my after school program too. Like idea. if I feel the energy and I feel like they like getting More into it with each other, I'd be like, okay, everybody in a circle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell Erica why you don't, tell Erica what you love about. Mm-hmm. Brittany. Exactly. We're not gonna and Brittany, you do the same. Mm-hmm. What y'all like that. about each other? I have to do that. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. that all the time. Like, especially with girls. Oh my God. Girls my boy, are so man. emotional. A
1: lot of girls are so upset with each other. I don't For what nothing. What I, don't, I think
0: enough. that's just a natural yeah. thing. I can't really explain it. Because it took... It took a long time for me to understand it as an adult. Like, it's just some women that's going to feel some type of way about you because of who you are and the way others treat you. That's just what it is. Like, they can't find a reason why they don't like you. It's just, I don't like you because Tamron loves you so much type shit. <laughs> that's, just what, that's just what it is. Like, Brittany, like your posts on Facebook too much. And I want Brittany to like my post. A lot of women don't like that.
2: But see, that's great. Like, what's the psyche
0: behind that? Love and hip hop reality TV shows. I think that's what it is too. Like, just bad content that
1: they are consuming. It's another thing because we see kids that's watching everything.
0: Everything. Yeah.
1: Everything.
0: Like one girl, I the last school I was at in North Dallas, I was like, "What's your favorite TV show?" Empire. And Love and Hip Hop. Exactly. I was like, Love and Hip I don't even watch Love and Hip Hop. Exactly. I can't even tell you what's going on right now. Um, you know, the, the, the characters,
1: they the be discussing teacher, uh, <laughs> The teacher next door to me, uh, the reading teacher had them write about uh, one of their uh, idols, you know, the black idol that they look up to. It could be anybody dead or alive. And that little girl picked Cardi B. <gasps> and, and she just, she wrote because she lit. And she, oh, uh, she lit. <laughs> and she, you know, and she Same. turned up, she you know, she be doing that stuff. I was just, I was like, "Wow." At
0: my after-school program, we listen to Lauryn Hill, we listen to J. Cole, we listen mm-hmm. to Big Crit, we listen to Nipsey. Like, we listen to people that put out good vibrations mm-hmm. because, nah, mm-hmm. that's
1: it's the nah. reality, though. It's the reality. It real. is the reality,
0: and then over at real. the same time, that's another way that you can like relate to them that's another way for you to pull something out of them and mm-hmm. when you when you play the cardi and you actually take the lyrics from the song and actually involve that with the curriculum mm-hmm. it works i get it but at the same time it's like we need better role models exactly so what's the solution of the disconnect between parents and educators like let's
2: go back to being a partnership when i was a child my grandmother, my mother, my grandfather, like they took the time out, like they knew my teachers. If my teacher said something, they were like, Wait a minute now, you know, let's talk about this, let's discuss this. It wasn't automatically, Oh, you lying on my baby? Because I've had a couple of people who have been like that, Oh, she's picking on my baby. Um, no, ma'am, your child's picking on me at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clearly, he like antagonizing me.
2: <laughs> Why would a
0: grown person uh, pick, intentionally on a baby? pick on
2: a baby And now I'm not saying that I haven't seen Grown people who don't like kids Because I've seen grown people who don't like kids And yeah, they can feel that yeah. when you don't like them They yeah. can But what I'm saying is though as a parent Because I know that I'm a parent And my child's education comes first Before anything else in his life His emotional well-being and then his education That's it So I need to work with you, Miss Teacher Lady, who knows all the first grade and second grade teeks, whatever grade my child is in, because you're the person who's the expert in that field. You're the person who understands what my child needs to know in order to get where he needs to go in order to progress on to the next level. So, no, I'm not going to come to the school trying to fight you. No, if you don't respond to me within 24 hours, I'm not coming to the school to cuss you out. Mm. You know, like, I mean, like, in. The customer service aspect the teaching has taken on, it's just disrespectful to the profession to me. Like, I mean, it's at the point where it's kind of like you got to stroke people's egos. No, ma'am. I am your child's partner. I am your child. I am your partner. We're in this together. I'm not about to stroke your ego. So my whole thing is like, if I tell you that I noticed that little Johnny is struggling with X, Y, and Z, that is not your job to come cuss me out because they are struggling with X, Y, and Z. It is now your job to say, okay, yes, Miss Russell, I am gonna listen to what you're saying and implement what you're asking me to do at home. Yeah. Because it does start at home. And half of my kids struggle because they just don't read at, at home. home.
0: Yeah.
2: Like they did. My child reads on a seventh grade reading level. When he was in second grade reading on seventh grade reading level, when he was in kindergarten, he was reading on a fifth grade reading level. Because we read at home. I didn't do nothing special. He's not special. He's
0: not. <laughs> he actually he's is he's not abnormal. abnormal. I don't know, <laughs> cause uh, the baby told me to use coconut oil <laughs> for my dry hair. So uh, yeah, yeah, oh, right. yeah. He's special. He's observant. He observant. walks with his hands in his pocket like an old man. He I'm like, old man. He's, he's so swagger. He is. He
2: has his. He has his
0: whole spirit. I love it. He's a, he's an amazing baby. So how you feel, T? Like, uh, what's
1: the solution? Well, first, it's gonna start with accountability, like you said. Mm. Uh, I I don't have any kids yet, but I expect that I want to take some accountability in their learning. You know, um, I need to be their first teacher.
0: Yes.
1: You know, I, I feel like the parents should be their first teacher as, as in, at all levels. You mm-hmm. know, I, I feel like you should be invested in your in the experience of learning. I think that, like my mother was there for me. She taught me everything at home before I got to school. And I think that's the reason why I excelled in school is because everything I know, I learned it at home first. I'm just getting extra at school. You know, I'm just toning up at school. You know, whereas my mom would talk to me about things, read at home, we would talk about things. And I think that parents should get back to that. That's the first thing. Um, The second thing is, um, like Brittany said, I think the, the teacher and parent need to have a you know, a better cohesiveness in, as far as their relationship goes. And the parents as well as teachers can do better with that. Um, like uh, the, t- the teachers could do uh, better with reaching out to the parents because I know some teachers who don't reach out to any parents and the parents can do uh, better with making up just seen. If you just seen, that helps. Because I, Like I said, I've had parents where I haven't seen them, but I dropped your kid off at home. You know, I haven't seen the parents. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, seriously. I've mm-hmm. I've I've had um I've had students who who don't miss three days and I'm and then they come back, and I'm like, what's going on? They're like um I woke up late and mm-hmm. my mom ain't taking me to school and I say, Well, hey, you know, if you late for school, if you can't, I give you my number, if you can't get to school, I'm coming to pick you up. You know, that's just how they go. In in my class, you know, we I'm we gonna work out whatever situation it is. We're gonna make sure you you are taken care of, you know. And so, the parent and teacher relationship can be a lot better if the parent makes themselves seen, available. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, where it's like, "Hey, shoot me a text or a call." What the the communications just has to be better. That that part. Mm-hmm. Um, the next part is I think that the districts or um, you know, as a whole, can do it better with inviting parents to, uh, you know, to to have more activities in the schools. So, you know some type of parental involvement uh as a as a district you know or individual schools where we can have more parent involvement like maybe in just once a six weeks or or uh twice a six weeks something like that just where the parents are like hey we all going to go it could be like an event all the yeah. parents linked up like hey we going to school to do this this day. you know mm-hmm. and it'll it'll cause it it'll, it'll create a a better atmosphere for teachers and and uh, parents and i think it'll build the relationships up more um if we can do all those three things, and I think that uh, moving forward, it can help everybody.
2: You know, I agree with that, because we mm-hmm. do that in St. Anthony. We do um, a parent resource academy, so they call it pray meetings. Mm-hmm. And so, it, I mean, it's literally just that. It's like you, the parents come out. It's not like the parent conference or anything like that. We're not here to discuss any progress or nothing right. like that. We're just here. We're getting together. And like I said, at St. Anthony, it's been a lot different than it has been in other schools. Like, we may have a couple of kids... There, whose parents are just kind of like going off the deep end. But for the most part, most of our parents really do like class dojo. I do everything on dojo. Like I'll post the homework for the day. I post what we're learning about for the agenda for the week. If we go and do something for a, a field trip, you know, it's, it looks like Instagram almost because mm-hmm. you could post like the pictures yeah, and you like could dojo. do messages and things like that. But, I mean, like, really and truly, like, Seesaw, that's another really good app. Because the kids can, like, video record their work on their tablets in the classroom. And then they can post it to, like, into the. it's more accountability for it. So, I mean, like, my whole thing is, like, just even get if involved. it's just through technology. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even, like, just communicate. Sure. That's the big thing.
0: Just get involved and don't rely on the teachers to teach everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> I had that, um... I had that debate with my father. He was like, I have old uh younger sisters and he was like, I want my kids to learn Spanish. I'm like, yo, teach them at home. Nah, that's what the teachers are for. I'm like, no, right? You want them to do something, you do it at home first. I
1: shouldn't be teaching your kids hygiene at all. Right. I, know. I, know. I should not have to teach your kids hygiene. I'm embarrassed to have to do that. hmm Have to put them to the I, side. I Cause in this,
2: this grade level, sweet teaching 4th They're just now going through puberty. Like I've had kids. Like, girls start their cycles, like in my class.
0: You know what I mean? It's like, that is true. I had a girl that uh, gave me wingworms. I had a little
2: boy give me one on my arm. And then he came. He was, I didn't know where I got it from. And he was like, hey, Braylon's mom. Because he was in his class. And he was like, hey, Braylon told me you had the same thing on your arm that I had on my
0: hand. Like after he hugged me. And I was like, okay, high fives for you from now on. Like we going to fist bump. We got more hugs. Girl, that happened to me. I didn't know what was going on until I went to the hospital. I was like, oh, this is just wing runs. Have you been around kids? I was like, yeah. And I remember this girl. I thought it was eczema. And it was wingworms. It was in his head, so I didn't even know. So, I was like, um, okay. And I hugged her more because of her home situation. Like, she told me, my mom don't really care about me. My grandmother is taking care of me. I feel like my mom just cared about her boyfriend. So, I was hugging on her more. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, it's just, you know, dry skin. Mm-hmm. It was it was wingworms. Uh-huh. Told me up, uh, mm-hmm. like. Told me up. So we're about to wrap it up. I wanna thank you guys so much for coming out to speak about education. Um parents, let's do better. <laughs> Please. Like even when it comes to like after school programs too, like if you're gonna put your child in the after school program. Be involved in that, too. Like, please, that helps everybody out. Mm -hmm. It's like a a village. Can we get back to the village? village. Because I was raised in a village. So we definitely need to get back to the village. And don't just look at um, school as a daycare. Ajani is just, uh, he's in pre-K-3 he being be in pre-K for it. And they told us, this is not a daycare. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to be involved. We have to volunteer. Mm-hmm. But the type of parents we are, we want to be involved anyways. Because exactly. Ajani have never been anywhere but with me. So I was very protective anyways. But still, you know, everybody, please just do your part as a parent and as an educator. The children are the future. We got to make sure, you know, when we old and gray, this world is okay. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> That's yeah. really what, what it's about. Like, yeah. you got to set them up for success. <laughs>
0: success yeah. I mean. And donate. You always have donations, right? Fundraisers uh-huh. and stuff like that. Okay. So, next time, Brittany, have like a, do y'all have any fundraisers or anything like that? I know I'm going to push your nonprofit in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Do y'all accept donations throughout? Okay. Yeah, no, you sure, can yeah. donate to the school anytime. But, like, I've been really fortunate. A
2: lot of my parents have been, like, supporting my Donors Choose projects throughout the year. So I mean, like I've been really fortunate. Like I said, it takes it. but it takes the culture though. Like it
0: really takes the whole
1: <laughs> village.
0: Yes. So let's be a village. Do you guys have any closing notes?
1: No, we just gotta, uh, we just gotta all work together to to do better. That's all. Yeah, let's
0: keep moving.
1: And we can't give up. You know, we all can't right. just be like, ah, oh, it's tough and give up. So right, just just keep trying to be better every day.
0: Don't That's quit. All right. Lots of proof, (laughs)
1: y'all. Yes.
0: (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Um, I really enjoyed y'all. This is a topic that I wanted to discuss and is well needed in the community. We will talk to you guys next time. Make sure you subscribe to the More Productions podcast. Peace.